0: Time the official start of the first Hops and Bops podcast, I
1: am the producer, Tom. I'm Joe, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Mike. I didn't realize it was my turn to talk.
1: (laughs) Well, it is now. (laughs) And now you know. (laughs) So,
0: this is the first episode. We're all very excited, and we're going to start off with a couple bangers for you. Uh, The first album is Wasting Light by Foo Fighters, and the beer is Witch Doctor Brewing's Bunny Patch Strawberry Milkshake IPA. I'm wait! Very excited for it. So, we're, we've all been waiting. We all have our glasses and our our uh, our cups here. Oh, so. No. so, let's just crack them open. I'm excited. Cheers, boys!
1: I'm you know, gonna pour them in at the same time. Look at that!
2: Ooh, a little foam. Mm, I'm mm, excited.
1: Tilt those glasses, boys. Speaking of glasses, let's let's talk about what we uh, chose for today. I
2: actually did learn if you tilt the glass, you yep
1: uh, you get less head. You get
2: less head. Well, you, you do get less head, but you gotta bring it back. True. But if you let you the, the head go steady. and drop, it actually uh, puts less like uh mm-hmm. air in the beer you can drink more okay so it depends on what your uh, your end goal is. i like a little half
1: and half i like to tilt and then bring it back yeah, up half and half yeah there I you know about that <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm surprised at how transparent <laughs> this is here
2: it is actually I'm very Ooh. did i
1: grab the wrong beer <laughs>
2: no no this no, is oh, it's it. not bad
1: wow mine's, not right. mine's about the same
2: yeah cool all right it's a little hazy at first but then it clears up okay
1: i like it i see you yeah okay uh, glasses. So Mike has a very vast collection of beer glasses. Yeah, we'll not have to sure. count
2: before one of the episodes. I, it's got to be in the 60s plus. Yeah. It's got to be. I
1: know. There's a lot over there. Uh, I chose one with uh, Baby Carlos from The Hangover on it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, I got my
2: classic Captain America, who's looking pretty weathered at this point. Yeah. The dishwasher a couple of times has not been friendly to him. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I feel a little blasphemous for having a, a Bud Light glass, but it has all of the uh, the NFL teams because we're recording on a Sunday. And watching the game somewhere yeah. distant away. Uh, yeah.
2: Coincidentally, you tend to see those at bars a lot on Sunday when you watch football. Those style glasses.
1: Oh, it's weird. It yeah. is. It's weird that you bought that. <laughs> I think I think you won it in like a raffle. Like yes,
2: a Sunday football bar raffle.
1: Yeah, yes. We all know those raffles are very prevalent. Yeah, if you're yeah. a big
2: football fan, you've always seen those raffles. All right.
1: <laughs> I personally have never had this beer, like I said in the trailer. So all right,
2: well give it a give it a shot. What would you think? Sip.
0: Sorry, I wanted to make it more audible. Hmm. This is not what I expected. No.
2: Hmm.
0: A, little, a little bit of strawberry in there. It's Definitely more strawberry.
1: More towards the back, I would say. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a lot lighter than I thought, and because of the transparency, the ta- it's a lot. It does not drink like an IPA to me.
2: No, it is not super hoppy. No. Um, you get that little bit of the IPA flavor at the beginning. And then you really get hit after the sip with that strawberry at the end. Yes. It's not overpowering. Like, it's not like, oh, my God, I'm drinking a strawberry milk, you know, you syrup in the morning. Yeah. You just have that slight, like, oh, there's a little fruity flavor at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's nice.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't really call it more of a milkshake because you don't really get that kind of dairy kind of – not well, not, no. not that you want that either. But. No,
2: so when they talk about the milkshake IPAs um, – it's the whole idea of the way that they brew it and it's got to do more with fruit. So then they brew it so it's kind of got this like little bit of a cloudier color to it. It makes it a little bit like hazier. Okay. Um, versus like a session IPA, which is gonna be very light and, and kind of smoother. So they call it the milkshake IPA because they kind of like what you would do with a milkshake, you know, you're mixing yeah. everything together and it becomes a little thicker and creamier, and then that's where you get that. Okay.
0: It's it's very good. Okay. I, I enjoy it a lot. It's so, uh it's only five point four
1: percent. Yeah, I know low for a an IPA.
2: Yeah, and it's just above average. I mean, most New England IPAs at this point are around five percent. They say most IPAs are between like four and seven. I think mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. Sitting here at five point four is kind of just like your baseline. Right yeah, it's right in that that middle. I think yeah. the average, even though. Four and sevens average would not be five, but they say that IPAs are around five <clears> percent. <throat> yeah.
1: <clears throat> so these guys, uh, Witch Doctor, Witch Doctor Brewery Brewing Company, excuse me, Witch Doctor Brewing Company.
2: Yeah. In I'd like to say buddies of ours. I mean, I don't know if they would refer to us as buddies. but I, I think so. We could refer to them as buddies.
1: Yeah. Um, so our band. I feel like every episode we're going to plug the band. <laughs> this podcast, I we promise, is not a plug for Run the band's series. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we do play there a lot, and they've yeah. been very very good to us. Um,
2: we so we to actually have them on the podcast in the future. Yeah, we'll lo- once we gain some legs. Yeah, you know, and we
1: get, toes get our sea and legs, heels. And- <laughs> um, but yeah, we'd love to do like an episode there, have one of them on. But uh, yeah, great great brewery, uh, love their beer. This is one of them.
2: Cool. Yeah, so just a uh, little more about it. You know. So if you read down the description on it, it says an IPA, Indian pale ale, with strawberries, generously hopped with, we said it's... Huel. Huel melon. Huel. Huel. So obviously, you know, you don't hear that often, so I kind of looked it up, and um, they call it an aroma hop. I guess it's, uh, it's used a lot, especially known for its smell, and it's like. supposed to be um, uh, lighter when it comes to the bitterness. Mm. Some IPAs, especially the West Coast IPAs, are very hoppy they're supposed to be bitter like that's the point new england ipas which are kind of newer in the beer world Mm -hmm. um are a little less a little more citrusy you get the hazy Um, actually i found out today that new england ipas and hazy ipas are actually interchangeable yes Um, really i didn't realize that that was you know kind of an interchangeable term for the two Mm -hmm. that is Um, correct so they consider that (coughs) fuel uh hop fuel yeah an aroma hop oh, because it's uh, really associated with a good smell. Uh-huh. Um, so okay.
0: You know, it's cool. definitely uh, definitely one of my favorites. That wall, it's it's the best beer that we've had on the podcast so far.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give it that. Not bad for episode one. I know yeah.
1: the strawberry too. Like, I'm not a big strawberry guy, but I'm this. I'm not like. Yeah. But it's not an overpowering strawberry No, see, I feel like whenever
2: taste. I hear berry in a beer, I think of like a, a blueberry beer or something. Or like and a sour or... Yeah. And yeah. even with the blueberry beers, like I always feel like no matter which one I have, that's all I can taste. Mm-hmm. Like, all I can taste... It, this, I literally taste IPA. It's smooth. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, a little hint of strawberry. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's good. You're like, oh, yeah, right. strawberry. Exactly. And I mean, I've played some gigs there where that's what I drank all night and, you know... A lot of times with the fruity beers, the sours, the blueberries, the, they're almost like a, a snack beer. You have one or two and you can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've probably put back half of one of their uh, their vats in the place in one night and I can <laughs> just keep drinking this thing. It's just good.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's, a, that's another aspect to it, too, is that you don't really see a lot of strawberry beers. Like, you'll see a lot of other fruity beers. Like you said, blueberry. Uh, I know there's a lot of citrusy ones. Yep. Yeah. Um, things like that, but strawberry is not really something you see, especially in an IPA, so it's definitely got its own unique kind of blend to yeah. it, and, it's, and you can definitely tell.
2: And you actually can see that a lot with the beers they do. Um, you know, in general, I mean, I think they have a chocolate peanut butter one they just came out Ooh. with, yeah, that's coming. Um, that, I think they canned it. I saw a can the other day on their, is uh, it ready? their Facebook, yeah. Um, should so, totally
1: talk about that one, yeah. We'll get so, to that one. That's, that sounds that's tasty.
2: Um, but all together, like, uh, they just, a lot of things, like, they do have a, um, uh, they do have a raspberry sour, which is really good, uh, okay. called I Am Fruit, which I thought was pretty uh, good. Ah, okay. Um, I I Am Fruit. Yeah. I Am Fruit. Yeah. And sometimes, again, yeah, like, sours cool. can be good, and sometimes they can be a little hard to drink, and mm-hmm. that one to me is like, it's almost like a seltzer, like, that smoothness. Yeah. It, just, it goes okay. down well. Um, I like it.
1: For me, Witch Doctor, I don't know, they're kind of like the best kept secret in Connecticut breweries, because... I feel like there's other breweries that, mm-hmm. you know, they're at the forefront. You know, I don't want to say any other ones right now. But Witch Doctor, I think, is the best kept secret. They have excellent beer. So. My boss actually yeah. came to
2: work one day and found out about this being in Southington. He knew I lived there. So yeah. He was like, hey. He's like, did you try this? It's a pink can. You know, because the can's pink, and which makes sense because it's strawberries. Mm-hmm. And then they got the bunny patch. And they've got kind of a very Alice in Wonderland-looking bunny on there, mm-hmm, enjoying mm-hmm. his milkshake IPA, which is literally in, like, an old-school milkshake. Like, milkshake with the diner, the glass.
1: Diner
0: yeah, like a, yeah, like a malt shake. <laughs> yeah. Which it actually and, says on uh, it the It does say, it, yeah. too.
2: It's Bunny Patch Malt Shake. So uh, he's like, yeah, I couldn't remember the name. And I instantly knew what he was talking about. I was like, you mean Witch Doctor, and it's Bunny Patch and all that? He's like, yeah. I'm like, dude, I've been drinking that beer for, like, months now he's like, I just heard of this, they're so good. Yeah. Like he just, it was funny though. And then I had a few people that uh, I work with again, came to a couple shows and then had that and they couldn't like, they, they tried so hard to find it everywhere and they finally did. Yeah. Um, in like their local package store, but uh, no, it's definitely, it's not like so out there. That people are ready for it, exactly. but then at the same time, when they find it, they're like, "Holy shit, this is good!" Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is good though. This is good. I'm glad, uh, Mike, you brought this to the table for our first yeah. episode. This I like is this good. One. Yeah, it's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Always got to. Uh Always got to promote my homegrown. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which Dr. Brewing
0: Company? Beautiful. So so now that we've talked about the beer, let's transition a little bit to talk about the album that we picked with the beer and maybe kind of see how it pairs along with Wasting
1: Light by Foo Fighters, Joe. Quick quick, Can we continue drinking the beer as we talk oh, about the album? Yeah. No, that's a given. I thought oh, I okay. actually have more yes. of them if we run out. We do. So we yeah, can craft have- more. <laughs> okay,
0: great. Great. I was thinking that. <laughs> we have the show beers and we have our personal, our personal <laughs> yes. picks. Yes.
1: Um, so a little backstory story you know we're drinking bunny patch and we're talking about the foo Fighters, so that's why we call this episode little bunny foo foo like that's where it's coming from we're, we're very clever yeah you know we're trying to trying to do something clever anyway um wasting light by the foo fighters is um i know i had mentioned er- earlier that um it's one of my favorites by the foo fighters that's an incorrect statement it is my favorite foo fighters oh, wow. album Put Your um, Foot Down. Yes, without a doubt. It's my favorite one they have ever made. Um, it's 11 tracks. Um, it's their seventh studio album, and it's produced by Butch Vig, who is a well-known producer in the rock world. He was also behind Nirvana's Nevermind, which mm-hmm. Dave Grohl, the frontman of Foo Fighters... Never heard of that album. Never heard of it? You should <laughs> it's, look it up. It's, it's underground. There's a know? naked baby on it. You should... Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's that kind of weird. Yeah, I know. I know, but they put it on there. The parental advisory sticker's Isn't on there. Isn't that
2: kid man. like 30 now? I like think so.
1: Age? Yeah. Can you imagine growing up, hey... Th- that's me on that <laughs> album cover. My,
2: that's my junk on the front there, <laughs> floating. Ladies, <laughs> yep. yeah, exactly. How yep. many girls do you think he started all that line with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh,
0: never
1: mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mind. Never mind. We're going to make a joke, but then I said, "Never mind." It all worked out. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So Butch Vig was a producer on Nevermind. So Dave Grohl brought him in for um, this album. Mm-hmm. Um, the title of the album "Wasting Light" came from lyrics from one of my favorite songs on the album called "Miss, uh, Miss the Misery." Yes, easy for me to say. Um, I, it, this album is just great, and what makes the album for me is that it's a great listen from beginning to end, and that's a, that's a big thing for me. If if you can listen to an album and when a song finishes and you can hear in your like, let's say you're that song's on a playlist like in shuffle. And oh, another random song is going to come. But when you hear the ending of that song, you can hear the next song in oh, yeah, the album. Yep. Right, I do that a in lot. your head, and that's what this is for me.
2: Um, I'm not a huge Foo Fighters guy. Mm. I love Dave Grohl. I think he's a great musician. I think he's does everything like fantastic. He sings well. He plays guitar amazing. Mm-hmm. He's an unbelievable mm-hmm. drummer. The entire deal. Um, but for whatever reason, I struggle to get into the Foo Fighters. I like their singles here and there i just could never like listen to an album for whatever reason i just i don't even yeah. know
1: that was um, one of my biggest frustrations about about me. our relationship <laughs> this, about,
2: this is one thing i fucking hated I'm, about you i'm like man. how
1: i'm like uh I don't we know got the drummer from nirvana yeah in a new band yep and i'm like i i, I was like yeah, I, can, I, I gotta i gotta get through to mike somehow yeah.
2: and then when when this became an album I will be honest, this is the first Foo Fighters album I've ever listened to front to back. Really? Yeah. Okay. And um, I was I was shocked. I mean, I remember when it came out. It was what, 2011? Yeah. 2011. 2011. Yep. So we were just about to graduate college. Yep. I remember when it came out. I remember it being played a million times in our dorm room. Yep. Um, our other
1: roommates, and Chris and Dan, we'd be yep. playing uh, it constantly. Yeah, it was yep. always
2: on. And so I would hear it. <laughs> I've heard almost every song on the album, but I just never focused on it. Um, And I listened to it Through once And I was like Holy shit Mm -hmm. This is a good album And then two or three more times I started picking up On little things And you know But it was definitely For me um, Am I going to go Run backwards And listen to every album By them I don't know Maybe But Mm -hmm. you know This was definitely One that's now In my queue of Go to album oh, if nice. I need to hear something. Yeah. It's a good one.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Finally, we finally that <laughs> um, so broke yeah. through. <laughs> so for me, I was kind of introduced at like a bit of a younger age to this album. Yeah, um, what
2: four when this came out?
0: <laughs> no, I was in eighth grade. I um. So so, so.
2: I still didn't like them. <laughs> Annoying little kid. <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
0: So, um, this, uh, Br- uh, Bridge Burning was on the Madden NFL 12 soundtrack. Was it? It was. I did not know that. And I was addicted to that game as a oh, child. man. And I spent a lot of money on the Ultimate Team cards while this yes. song was playing in the background. <laughs> so I never actually gave the album a full listen to, because I don't think I really listened to albums until, like, junior year of high school when I really... Because I was more of, like, a singles kid. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so a different generation. Yeah, because... When I grew
2: up, I loved... It albums like it just for me it was kind of the way like hey listen right, to this album here. And i would listen to yeah. the cd when i bought it you know, but you grew up more in like the iTunes. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah I, like this song. Yeah. Click, right. I, I was it. I was
0: kind of raised a bit more into the digital age where you could just for one twenty nine buy a song instead of yeah. spending eight or nine dollars. Oh yeah. To the they upped
1: it to a dollar twenty nine for, <sighs> for Yep. For well, for yeah. Used to be nine cents How yeah.
2: scary is it though that we're talking about literally like six years difference, seven yeah. years difference, and, and that's the gap? Yeah. Yeah. They went from like going to the store to buy the CD that came out Mm -hmm. to I'm going to buy my favorite song off the album because I don't know any other song by the artist.
1: And now there's no even downloading songs anymore. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was getting to is that
0: when like Spotify and things like that came out, um, I started to get more into the album side of things because I didn't have to pay for the entire thing. You just sit down and listen to the whole thing. So, actually, before we even had the idea of the podcast, I would go on hikes in the beginning of June and listen to this album all the way through, and it's it's fantastic. I yeah. think it's their best album since The Color and the Shape. Mm. Um, I agree with you. And you can definitely tell the energy and charisma that they all have together, because they did it in Dave Grohl's garage, mm-hmm. and they did it on tape, which is a big difference, um, especially when it came out, because it was on CD mainly. Um, but you can kind of get the same feeling of the tape that it's on mm-hmm. through the recording and yeah. the, the the passion is there and you can tell
1: yep and even still like you can hear the tape like queuing in all the different instruments mm-hmm. for example the song arlandria i think is track five um starts with a big like full band intro but then it goes to singing and like palm muting guitar yep but then you hear the drums come in like with a nice calm beat but if you put headphones on you can hear when like the drum track starts.
2: Oh, really? It's like,
1: yeah, you can hear that little bit of extra echo. I'll have to do that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just those little nuances that yeah. really did it for me. It's um, like listening
2: to an album like on a vinyl. You yeah, know? you you tend to get a little more bass and. Even though when you get the scratches and things in it, like it almost makes it like you, you. Yeah. When you're ready for the next song to come on, that like you actually you look forward to that, you know? Right. But yeah. It's just that. it's a whole different feel because now everything is just so literally like electronic, robotic, and if, boom, you, boom, 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 boom.
1: and if you mess up, oh, we'll just fix it. Yeah. But like our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly.
2: Oh, that. <laughs> yep.
1: But like for this album, because it was ro- uh, recorded on tape. Every every band member had to have their parts like down, like yeah, you know they, they mm-hmm. didn't because because they were using tape, the materials yeah.
2: weren't. It just know, show, It just goes to show again, as much as I haven't possession. listened to these guys, it just goes to show how good of a band they are. Yeah, like, all yes. around.
1: I, as a musician myself and us too, like I, I really appreciate the effort that they,
2: you know, yeah. put in. I think making my favorite dynamic in the band yeah. is. is uh, Dave and Taylor. Oh, of course. Yeah, yes, like that's really. my favorite dynamic well, because they bounce back and forth from drums and guitar and sit and vocals and everything else. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know me, I'm a I'm a very animalistic drummer kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I love like the Keith Moons, the RJ Hale, the um, Shannon Larkin, yep. you know, the guys that just literally wailing as they play. You know, right. You've yep. got a guy like Taylor and uh, he's got his hair going yep. and he's just... He looks like... Even he Dave, He looks like Animal. But then he does... Dave looks like that, too, when right. he plays. Yeah. So I just... I love the dynamic between the two of them.
1: Live, too. When you see him live, I mean, they're... They're always bouncing back and forth. The yeah. two of them are cracking jokes. I haven't, jokes had, I haven't
2: had a chance with that. But oh, yeah.
1: yeah. They're, they're a good show. You should definitely check them out.
0: Yeah, and um, also a big shout-out to uh, the Back and Forth documentary about yes. the Foo Fighters, which I watched before this. Uh, it's very interesting. It's their entire history from like even Dave starting from Nirvana all the way up to this album yep. and every single album that they've done before that. <laughs> and the way that they kind of describe how they write a bunch of their songs is that when Dave and Taylor are kind of like locked together, mm-hmm. then they can kind of get a groove and a, a rhythm section going, mm-hmm. and then they work from there. So their chemistry is kind of like the forefront on how good the album is going to turn out to be.
1: I'm so I glad you brought that documentary up because that's another huge point. That documentary came out at the same time as this album yep. called Back and Forth Which after is, one of the yeah. songs on the album. And, yeah, like you said, it's, um, it's like a, a history of the band, and then the last, like, 20 minutes, half hours, a making of Wasting Light. Exactly. So you, you saw behind the scenes of Dave's house, and, like, the families are coming over, yeah. the kids are running around. Like, you could just tell the atmosphere around themselves when they mm-hmm. were making this album was just at all-time high, mm-hmm. and you can hear it come through, because every single—I don't think there's a bad song on this album. I, 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 I don't, I mean, there's better, there's better yeah. songs, but I think if you pulled out each song, I don't think you can say this song sucks. Personally,
2: no. I like Rope. I think Rope is a fantastic song. And I actually, that, when I first heard it, the way it opens with that guitar delay, yeah. dun, 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 yeah. dun, 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 dun. like to me, that would have been a great opening track. And I'm not saying that bridge Burning, burning. Bridges, or, uh, Bridge Burning is not a good. Opening track. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying the way that there's like certain features, and the fact that that delay, mm-hmm. like to me, like if you, if we had, if they were to swapped and that came in, mm-hmm. that would almost be something that would have been great, like after a walk to like go out with. Almost yeah. like open and close. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, for whatever reason, I had that in my head. Like, this would be um, like just such a. Opener, and then I just love how tight it is. Yeah, with all the, the, the song, cuts and everything. Just yeah. tight.
1: I, um, um, it's interesting you mentioned that because I feel I feel they got it right. I think Bridge Burning yep. it sets the tone for the album. It's their quintessential rocker. Walk is a great ending song. Mm-hmm. I, I think because yes. it's it has that anthemic um, bridge where it's kind of like in uh, Monkey Wrench from back in the mm-hmm. Color and the Shape where you can hear an arena like singing yeah, along yeah. to that to that bridge. So I thought that was a good ending. Rope actually for me is my second least. It was a tie between uh, Really? Rope and a matter of time. Rope just doesn't do it for me. I, I I was disappointed when I heard the whole album, when I finally listened to the whole thing, I was disappointed that they chose that as a single, let alone the lead single. That was the yeah. first single for the album. I thought they should have gone with something like Bridge Burning or um even these days, which these days in my mind is up there with like times like these yeah. and Everlong, in terms of a quintessential like Foo Fighter song, yeah. like you know singability. Um, I actually everything put like it.
2: That. I know we talk about like a Dark Horse song. Yeah, yeah. I actually put it as like I, I, I branched a little bit. I said a Dark Horse single. A Dark Horse you know, single. Because out of all the singles, obviously it's not a Dark Horse song because it was a single. Right. But yeah. Out of all the singles, I think that one has kind of. Um, like you said, kind of the most Foo Fighters esque, mm-hmm. um, just kind of the it's like a it's like a ballad, but it's not right. You know, and I, yeah. I really the more I listened to it, I was like, you just hear yourself singing along. Exactly. Back, you know, yeah. it's just a I really good. I, I,
0: I did that in the car right here. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it, he has such a Dave Dave roll. I think is one of the best all around musicians in rock. Agreed. He can do everything. He can sing really well and scream with a bunch of energy. Mm-hmm. He can played drums really well, and guitar, and I think bass too, right? I would
2: assume so. Everything. Yeah, he's yeah, I think he, played well, in, yeah, because the first album, he did everything. He did everything. Yeah, he even
0: played in Queens of the Stone Age for a little bit, which I yep, found out yep. in the documentary. Yeah. Um, so so his all around energy. When he puts it all into a track like that, it's it. you can definitely tell what kind of performance comes out of it. And I think he just absolutely nails it on these days. I,
1: I call him, he's like the ambassador of rock and roll right now. When I think of right current rock and roll right now, who do you look to? I think... It's Dave Grohl right now. like.
2: Yeah, I mean, when he played in Nirvana, it wasn't like he was a shoddy a drummer. Like, no. He played well. God, it's just that style it. of music didn't really, I don't think, um, allow him to shine the way he yeah, does with right. Foo Fighters. Right. They, they
0: mentioned that in the documentary, yeah. too, is that he learned a lot of basic songwriting from Kurt Cobain yeah. because yeah. he didn't really have the writing licks that mm-hmm. Dave has. But that's where he kind of learned that style, and now that's how he's kind of progressed in rock, mm-hmm. especially with his writing style.
1: Yeah, it, it's just it's just interesting how good of an album is that far into their career because this is we said oh yeah the seventh, seventh album, seventh album. Um, Pat Smear who was their lead guitarist earlier earlier in the career. Came back in as a full-time yeah. member. And
0: with Nirvana, too. And, and with Nirvana. Right, right near He's the like end of Pap it.
1: Schmier, like- not Pap <laughs> Schmeer. Pa- Pat Patrick Schmear. Pat <laughs> Smear, That's yes. a terrible name. I know, name. I know, right? That is awful. And then-
2: and <laughs> Dude, he-, he might be listening. Stop. I was going to say, he became a guitarist, not a gynecologist. <laughs> so-
1: <laughs> we-, we-, we love you, Pat. Oh, God. So you got Pat Smear <laughs> back in the fold. That's so
2: dumb. And then the <laughs> other guitarist... <laughs> he- you got He's gotta go by Patrick <laughs> or, or Patty at least. Uh, Patty, my nice.
1: <laughs> Patty Smear.
0: Hey, it's Patty Smear.
1: <laughs> oh God! And then the other guitarist, you got Chris Shiflet, who they found through auditions. So yep. they're both still in the band. They never had two guitars. There's only one, and then Dave Grohl would play guitar. Well, so they it's, had Franz for a little bit. They had right? Franz for yeah, a little bit, a little yep. bit. Um, after Color and Shape. Uh, Nate Mendel on bass he's been there since day one Taylor Hawkins came in after Color and Shape was recorded but anyway for Wasting Light after all these years all these lineup changes and all these singles coming out and all this, all these growing pains it for me like this is almost like the debut that they always wanted yeah. they finally have a solid band lineup they got the sound they wanted they got the two guitarists and Dave coming in on third guitar and I just feel like this kind of sets them up for that next generation of their career, next era of their career, yeah. I should say.
0: And even throughout the entire album process, too, the flow specifically oh, from man. track to track to track is so on point that just that that level of production is yeah. is hard to think about. and And also, I mentioned this before that he did it in his garage. Yep. He's a multimillionaire at this yes. point, so it's not like oh, he's going to some random dude's garage. Like, like cobwebs. Yeah, it's not it's, that. it's a mansion's garage. Right. Yeah. It's a full so,
1: full fledged studio. Yeah. But nevertheless, it's at his house. They didn't yes. go to this big studio. Yeah. They wanted they wanted to do it in an intimate setting, which they did, and it proved to be um, yeah, successful. Exactly. And I feel like they always had the album approach for this album because when they played live on tour for this album. They and they also have a live show on David Letterman's um, yes. show. Live with Dave, David Letterman. Mm-hmm. Great show. So every show they played concluding that show, they played the entire album front to back. Mm-hmm. Then after that, they play like their hits. Their hits. So like their concert was the album and then their hits. So they always had the album concept in their head. Uh, which I appreciated. It, yeah. it just goes to show how how val like the, how much they valued each song on the album.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's not an album where you kind of said, okay, our first song is going to be kind of you know a hit, and then two or three, and we might have a hit, and then we're just going to have a couple that just sit there, and then all of a sudden we're going to end with a couple good right. ones, and that's it. Every song was just one after the other flowed. Yes. You know, you're just ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's a good album, very yeah. good album.
1: I guess we like it, huh? Yeah,
2: it's not, it's bad. not <laughs> bad.
0: It's not bad. I can, I can... I can. Also, just real quick, originally I, I labeled I Should Have Known as my worst track um, mm. because it, it wasn't really sonically the most impressive thing that they had done, but when I kind of got more into the track lyrically and thematically, um, a lot of the lyrics are kind of like hinted at being about Kirk Cobain. Yeah. Like, I should have known that all oh, this was going to happen. Uh, they mentioned it was, like, the X factor of the track just because of, like, the violins and the acoustic and yeah. all these other elements that are so different from the rest of the album mm-hmm. that it, it kind of changes, It's especially because it's the second-to-last track, that that was going to happen. Um, and they also brought uh, Chris the no- Novoselic. Chris no- Novoselic. Novoselic, sorry. Yeah. The the bassist from Nirvana onto yeah, yeah. the track,
1: which I think Chris kind of furthers. What? There's
2: accordion on that track. There is. They also played accordion.
1: Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. They, but they brought in some, like, secondary uh, players.
2: Yeah. No, no, uh, the bassist. Nova Salad played. Yeah, Nova Salad Really? Played, <laughs> really, I didn't know that. Bass and accordion on, ah, I should have known. Huh. Okay.
0: Once I got more into the thematic parts of the track, then it didn't become my least favorite. Right. Yeah. That's well, probably that's, either That's usually a lot of
2: things. You know, lyrics and, um, you know, all that little stuff hidden behind, like, meanings and exactly. everything else. I mean... For people who just listen to the track as is, yeah. sometimes like, ah, it's not the greatest. And then you start getting all those pieces together, and it becomes, yeah. you know, a lot more, a uh, lot more heart and soul in it.
0: So. Yeah, and the fact that it goes into uh, walk right at the end, that mm. which is a very, very powerful outro to an album, I think. Yeah,
2: so. yeah. A lot of albums end in, uh, like, you know, you get your kind of your last ballad. Yeah. And you go out and uh, this one doesn't. It's one just so
1: yeah. It, it ends kick on your a high ass note. And get out of here. Yep. <laughs> um walk actually funny story um my fiance amanda and i for our wedding um we found a o- orchestral version of walk it's beautiful and we're gonna be walking into our oh, ceremony that's in, yeah, That is beautiful. In, into that it makes sense yeah it, it, and, it, and it's really cool it, it, once you hear it with the strings and everything it kind of it, it makes sense so it, yeah i wanted to have a little foo fighter touch oh, yeah, that that's
0: great nice. So, uh, Cool. Yeah, how many, how many bops out of five would you give this album personally?
1: Oh, man, are we, are we starting with bops? We're, we're going right into the ratings. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, for me, this is a no-brainer. I mean, it's it, we're going out of five, right? Yes. yes. Five out of five bops for me. Okay. We, we, for me. That's just, it, it's a must-listen. Wow. If you want to get into Foo Fighters, I'm giving you this album to start out with.
2: I'm going to be that guy that says you can't have five out of five unless it's just like... Every track's a banger. Exactly. I'm going to go four out of five. Four out of five. still, you know, because, again, it flows well one thing into the the next. You're expecting the next song. It's got good ballads. Um, So, yeah, four out of five for me.
1: It's better than what you would have said ten years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you would have said... Joe, no. I'm, I'm all set.
2: Well, I wouldn't
1: listen? That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to have to agree with Mike. I'm going to go four and a half bops out of five. Four and a um, half, okay. I, it's, every track is definitely a listenable track and mm-hmm. is one of their best albums since The Color and The Shape, like I said before. Um, I don't think necessarily it had the biggest influence or impact into the rock genre. That it
1: should have. I know. Right. This should have been such a bigger album than it was, but it kind of flew under the radar. I know, and I think the time period it came out in has a factor on that, has an effect on that. Yeah. Which is too bad because I think some of these songs are right up there with some of their most well-known singles. Yeah. And it it is it is too bad that this doesn't have the prominence like you said. And um, so for our Bunny Patch Strawberry
0: Milkshake IPA, how many hops out of five would you give it? That's oh, our rating system, by the way. Rating for
1: hops. Okay, Mike, want
2: do yeah, I'm going to say four and a half.
1: Okay. Go on, so I'm, I'm going to
2: go four and a half. Um, it's, just, it's a great IPA. It's got a nice little touch at the end. Um, the fruity flavor for me is, is, is fantastic. Mm. Um, I'm not going to go five out of five. I do get to a point where if I drink it and drink a ton of it, I need a break. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying, like, oh, I can't drink it again. I just, you know. Yeah. I, it's I need, just a distinct a, flavor. Yeah, like that. I need a day right. or two off before yep. I start drinking it again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Um, so I'm going to put it at a four and a half, yeah.
0: That's pretty solid. I would probably round it around to about a four out of five bo- uh, hops. hops. Not bops, not bops, oh, specifically hops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's It's got that, that body and structure that you want out of an IPA, and it's got the little bit of Tinge of strawberry near the end. It could have be. It could be a little bit more pronounced, I would say. But still, it, it's it's definitely serviceable and a a very solid uh, start mm-hmm. to the podcast. Yes, yes, yes. what do you, what do you say?
1: Um, f- for me, and it comes down to, to just the strawberry because I'm not a big strawberry guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it three and a half hops. Uh, okay. However, I know I keep the I shit keep out
2: of this beer this
1: <laughs> anyway. Listen to it. I know. Um, but it, it but the <laughs> ocean. You know, it's purely because I'm not a fan of Strawberry. It's a very well-made beer. I think they did a great job with the IPA and the flavor of the strawberry mixed together. So if you're into kind of experimental IPAs and other types of beers, definitely go check this one out. But for me, it's Three and a Half Hops. Okay. My favorite track on the album, It was. it's tough. I, yeah. Um, but I think it's between Bridge Burning Walk and These Days... I think I'm going Bridge Burning. Just it's just a kick in the ass to start the album. That's oh, yeah. that's my favorite track on the album.
2: Mine would uh like I said I like I like the way rope comes in. I like that delay. Mm-hmm. I like it. It's just kind of a very like intro song to me. Um and I just love the the tightness of not your standard kind of just 4/4 four, four beat through. It's got all those pauses. Yeah, it's still in 4/4, four, four, but it's got mm-hmm. those pauses and those kind of jumps and they just they just nail it. I really like mm-hmm. that.
0: I would probably have to agree with Joe and go with Bridge Burning, just because a lot of the the emotional connection I have to it as a, a young child yes. playing Madden NFL Twelve. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that that intro with all the like the kind of wonky guitar intro, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's got such an intense energy and the charisma and it's it's the perfect flow of from the the verse to the chorus. Just so, so much power on that track that I, you energy. can't you can't skip it.
1: Definitely. How about uh, least favorite tracks?
0: Um, I'm probably going to have to go with Miss the Misery. While it's still a solid track and is serviceable on its own, I don't think necessarily it has the impact that they kind of wanted it to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, I went with a, uh, <clears throat> a Matter of Time, just because it kind of had that really pop rock feel that I feel like, again, it fit the album, it did well, it was a good song, but it just um, didn't quite have the balls that every other song had. Right.
1: I agree with you mike that's my least favorite and just because if there is to be a filler on the album i think this song Mm -hmm. might be considered that it's a great song but just because of the power the rest of the album is some song has to come in last yeah that's it for me um how about the a dark horse song like a sleeper song that not a lot of people know but you Mm -hmm. would recommend
2: so like i said i kind of i kind of veered away from a song people don't know I know These Days was a single mm-hmm. but I kind of put it as like the Dark Horse single like I think it was one of if not their best single Yeah. Um, even though it was what maybe their third I think on the yeah. on the album yeah. I think it was a third one to come out and uh, just a great kind of ballad type of a song like you said quintessential Foo Fighters
0: mm-hmm. yeah I'm gonna I mean, shake it up a little bit and throw in White Limo oh it's the, love White Limo one of the most head busting tracks that Foo Fighters has ever done Dave Grohl just screaming his brains out with a little bit of compression on it. Just oh, it's, it, there's there's so much there that, and I, I think it was also a single too, right?
2: I Believe it was. So
0: I'm I'm kind of in the same uh, mode as Mike the here dark horse with that. Single on that one. Yeah, I know, but um, but it's yeah, it's still not necessarily one yes, of their most known their tracks. Yes, it was the second single. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay, but yeah, definitely. Um, intense raw energy throughout the whole thing you ever see
1: the mi- music video for it white limo? Not. it's recorded on VHS tape <laughs> really? they got this old school white limo and the four of them are just dressed up in these wacky costumes it's another thing they're well known for their music videos and it looks like you're watching like a VCR tape from like your parents cabinet mm. like it's just cool,
2: like the your parents' wedding video. that yeah. Warren got taped <laughs> over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just matches. <laughs> you trying to tell us something? Yeah, right. <laughs> it just matches the overall theme. Like they really went with that throwback theme for the album. Exactly. Uh, my dark horse song is actually "Miss the Misery." Oh, okay. I, I, I'm actually a big fan of that song. Um, I like the intro of the song, how it kind of builds the intensity with the guitar. I believe it's in seven-eight timing, which is different than. Um, the rest of the album and I just think the riff and and the, the drum beat to it as soon as it all comes in just it, it's just awesome that's 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 my dark horse track so yeah yeah I think we did it yeah um should we plug who we talked about here
2: so yeah uh once again just want to plug uh, Witch Doctor Brewing Company um you can find them on Facebook Instagram um, I believe it's just at Witch Doctor Brewing um and, uh, local Southington Brewery, uh, with some, some great beers there. Yep. Uh, Foo Fighters,
1: I mean, it's y- just you know, Foo Fighters. Thank
2: you. Can find Instagram,
1: <laughs> FooFighters.com, check them out for sure, and, uh, they have some other good stuff to listen to.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, episode two is coming out soon. Would you like to say what we're doing for episode two?
2: Yeah, so episode two, we are going to talk about Shine Down's second album, Us and Them. Um... Which, yeah, one of my favorite albums, so I'm mm-hmm. really excited about that one.
1: That's You're bringing that to the table. I am. Yeah, So I'm bringing one of my recently favorite beers. Um, it's by Fat Orange Cat in East Hampton called um, Baby Kittens. Where ah. We're going to be talking about that. So uh, stay tuned for that episode coming soon. Um, but until then, please follow us on social media, Instagram, and Facebook, Hops and Bops Podcast, all one word,
2: um, nice solid ampersand.
1: There. Yes, ampersand in there. However, the, the, the handle is the word and. Uh, Hops and Bops Podcast. Um, episodes streaming exclusively on YouTube. Uh, Hops for right and now. B- for right now, yes. Um, but but join us, follow us, join the family, join the crew. We'd love to have you on board. Um, for those that listen to our trailer and this first episode, we, th- we can't thank you enough. Uh, this has been a lot of fun for us, and we're excited for all the future episodes to come. So. We'll uh, we'll see you guys soon, and uh, stay tuned for the next episode. Peace.